Welcome to the Sonda Podcast. Tune in to hear the most insightful, inspiring and entertaining conversations with expert legal professionals from around the world. We'll discuss the ever-evolving legal sector and explore the latest market trends and updates to help you get ahead in your legal career. For this episode, I've travelled to New York to catch up with Stefano Barbagello, a principal consultant within our US team. Steph joined Sonda last year after making the huge decision to leave Big Law and go into legal recruitment. In this episode, we hear his story, from growing up in Australia to landing a role at Kirkland, enjoying a successful career as a lawyer and moving to New York to pursue his dreams. Hi, Steph. Hey, Rebecca. How are you? <laughs> I am so happy to be in New York with you this week. How good is it? The weather has absolutely turned it on for oh. you. It's been unreal. I've had the best week with you guys. So just before you were all in, last time we spoke, I was in London. Now I've flown over to New York. I've spent the week with the team here and it's honestly been great. I'm sat here with Steph now. Beautiful views overlooking New York from our New York HQ. What an unreal week. It's sensational. I think, um, you know, New York, nothing gets better than it. You've got a view of the, uh, the Empire State, the Chrysler Building. Uh, yeah, it doesn't get much better than this, does it? It doesn't get better. My first trip of the year, sunshine in New York. I've been in London, dreary, rainy, cold. <laughs> so it's so nice. So thank you for your hospitality and having me. Thank you for coming amazing. all that way. So let's get in. Talk us through your background before Sonda, taking it all the way back to your Aussie roots. Get stuck in and tell us your story. Yeah, so um, I grew up in um, a small town in Australia, northern Australia, and um, I think my mum always laughs that I, I always had these uh, dreaming eyes and always wanted uh, bigger and better. Um, I, uh, you know, I schooled in, in, in a place called Townsville and uh, had some family living in Brisbane at the time and I, uh, you know, I, I moved to, to Brisbane to, to undertake university studies there and, uh, and I had the opportunity to uh, take an exchange to the US and uh, took that with uh, with both hands. Amazing. Yeah, it was uh, a very exciting time. So in 2014, I went on exchange to the University of South Carolina. Fantastic spot. And I had friends living up in New York at the time. So I used to come up uh, every two weeks and, um, and see the city. Uh, fell in love with it then, just the energy. I think, you know, flying in, you might have seen that too. You come in over LaGuardia and you just, you see the buildings. Get and the buzz. Oh, it, the buzz was there. The doors open at the airport. And um, there's no place like New York, I think. You know, there's, there's plenty of other cities I love, but, but no place like New York. So you knew you wanted to come here? You I made a... Yeah, so, so New Year's Day 2014, I stood on top of the rock, and I understand you were there earlier this week. Yeah. Uh, I was on the top of the rock with friends, and I looked out at the view, and I made a, a sort of promise to myself. I said, I'm going to be back here one day, and I'm going to work here. And uh, I went back to Brisbane, finished my law degree, and I guess I had a plan in, in play from, from 2014 that this is where, is where I, I would end up. So, Amazing. Yeah, it was a long plan. But Set goals and make them happen. Oh, that's what I do. So <laughs> just talk me through that process then of um, being able to practice law over here and getting into a big law firm um, as an Australian. Yeah, it's, uh, we're very lucky. I think uh, you know, Australians have an E3 opportunity to, to obtain an E3 visa, uh, very specialist uh, visa program that's only given to Australian citizens. So... I think the thing that you do have to consider is is having a solid plan in place. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't mean that you can start training at any any practice or any firm and, and just get a job here. Uh, really, my uh, my plan to get here was a five-year plan. Uh, it involved getting in uh, at the right firm, getting into the right practice area, and then uh, and then making my way here. Um, 
uh, I guess to take you through that process, I, I graduated um, in Brisbane. I started working at a, at a small startup. Um, mm -hmm. Well, actually, was working at a national firm and two weeks into my internship, which was supposed to then be a clerkship program, uh, there was some changes to the firm and um, my my <laughs> graduate program was, was no longer. So oh, no. I was at this fantastic firm and, and uh, my, my uh, graduate contract wasn't offered. So anyways, uh, the good thing that happened was a partner there took me under his wing and he started right. his own firm and it was a, a fantastic uh, startup firm. We're working with ASX listed clients. Uh, it, it allowed me to take this secondment opportunity to Melbourne for actually a US-based company uh, that was uh, dealing in the hospitality space. So again, I, I got access to some really nice M&A deals. We, uh, the, the company bought a casino actually in mm -hmm. Australia, so it was a very cool deal to be a part of it at such a small firm. Uh, but from there, I, I think I realised, you know, and, and the plans were in play at this point, talking to recruiters. But I had to get into a bigger firm to, to get to New York. That was, you know, there, there is a prestige element and, and a size yeah. of firm that you need to be at. So I, I moved to a firm called uh, Minter Ellison, uh, one of Asia Pacific's largest firms, a very prestigious firm. How was that process getting in there? It was, uh, look, it's, it's uh, it, you know, it was a streamlined process, but you certainly have to have drive and you have to, you know, things don't happen on their own. You have mm -hmm. to push hard. I think I've, I've always been someone that's been very driven uh, my parents, my grandparents have always sort of kicked that into me, you know, uh, they're all Im mostly immigrants and so I've always had this drive to, to be excellent at, at things I do and push as hard as I can. So I think I'm, you know, thankful to them for, for that drive. So I, I didn't take no for an answer, but I, I always listen to professional advice around me. Um, yeah, it sounds like you had some good leadership. I did and I think yeah. you have to, you have to listen to, uh, you have to listen to the right people, I think. Ha surround yourself with good people. Um, you know, take advice from from those who've tr you know trodden the path path before you. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I, I got into to this great firm, and that allowed me to really you know work on deals uh, the size that would allow me to to get into yeah. the US. Look sexy to US firms. That's right, exactly. Yeah. It it came down to to you know deal size really and, and prestigious and, and training and all those sorts of things, of course. Um, but uh, that ultimately got me here. Amazing, Steph. Yeah. So you set a goal. And you completed Executed. it. How was that first day when you stepped into a big law firm? Well, it was, um, look, it was sort of COVID. Uh, COVID, I thought, might have ruined those dun, dreams. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's, it's that, horrible, uh, that horrible word we don't like to think of. But COVID hit and uh, I thought my dreams of uh, getting to the US were, were done with. But uh, luckily enough, Kirkland & Ellis, wonderful firm, were hiring and, and really pushing on in the secondary space, uh, which is, a, a you know, for, for listeners uh, not aware, uh, a, a real mix between funds and M&A. Um, that's sort of the practice in, in a, the most simplistic way. Um, there's not a lot of people that have that combined skill set. Um, so really they, they were trying to build out the team. Um, they're considered the number one firm in the world for, for, for work in that space. Uh, and I, I had, a, had a knock from a recruiter and... Uh, it all just fit really well. So um, got the call, interviewed. Uh, they very quickly made an offer for me to move over and uh, I moved over the, the middle of COVID, which was a uh, very... So how did that? How did you manage to get over there then in COVID? Oh, was process, it a bit of a tricky... It was a very tricky process. I uh, Trying to forget about it now. I I, yeah, look, I'll talk, I, I often talk... I actually like talking people through it because I, I think now I am a recruiter it's nice to tell people I guess how difficult it was at the time to come over but it made me I guess respect it or um, appreciate it a whole lot more yeah um, 
living in my state at the time, Australia, for anyone unaware, had closed down all its state borders. To leave your state, you had to get authorization from the government. So I had to get authorization from the government to leave to make a visa appointment in another state. I was then told by the government I could not return to my home if that visa didn't work. That's scary, or, or, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was very Big scary. Decisions. I had 48 hours to pack up my apartment to <gasps> say goodbye to my family. And I left. I packed, I think, seven bags and I, I, I went to Melbourne and was in a, in a hotel in Melbourne oh for a gosh. week because the Sydney consulate was closed down. I got my visa. Uh, my firm booked me a flight uh, and I wasn't able to fly out of Australia because Australia had closed down its borders. So I had to fly via Hong Kong and then to JFK. And then, uh, yeah, I, uh, I started the process. So it was, um, it was a very scary process. What a moment when yeah. you finally go all through that and then you get there. Ah, crazy, crazy. But I did it and it was, uh, look, the best thing I did. I think, um, you know, working at the US firms, uh, you know, they're behemoths, they're prestigious. Um, you know, again, you know, it's, it's maybe a next question that comes up. Why didn't it work for you and, and why aren't you doing that anymore? And I think... Um, you know, for me, I'd, I'd realised through COVID, I think um, I'd always liked mentoring juniors and I'd always liked dealing with the clients. And I think, um, you know, working at Kirkham was, I loved it and I really loved the work that I did. But I think what I loved more was dealing with people and dealing with clients. And I think, um, you know, naturally that that progressed into, into this role. Yeah. So, um, well, it necessarily, I don't like to say it didn't work out because I think it was the reason... Uh, or it helped me realise why, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and why I love what I do it so much now. a huge part of your path, it wasn't was it? Such a, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, uh, it was my path and, and that's how I got here. And, uh, uh, you know, I think it gives me, um, you know, some, some context and, and uh, you know, it gives me something to, to, to discuss and I know the process that people are going through yeah. when they're making that move now. So Yeah. So what do you think when you were in that role, what was your kind of biggest achievement or is there something you look back on and say, that, wow, I did that? Yeah, I think working on deals that size that are arguably, well, not even arguably, they, they are the biggest deals going on in the world at that time yeah. is, uh, is is pretty incredible. And, and I sort of mentioned talking back to my childhood, my parents, my parents didn't care what I did, but they cared that I was the best at what I did and that I was excellent at it. That was always a thing that was kicked into us. Yeah. Um, it's, you, you can know, still see it today. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, they're always... I know a lot of people are very much, oh, the glass, you know, the glass is half full or, or half empty. But my parents were very much, if the glass is half full, it's also half empty. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> continually, you know, conti- <laughs> it is it is tough love. But it, 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 you know, and actually another English teacher who I really loved who a lot of, a lot of people didn't like her at the time. Um, I remember handing her one of my best pieces of, of English work in year 12. Mm-hmm. And she, she pulled down her glasses and she looked at me and she said, Stefano, this is good but it could be better. And I think that's something that maybe it makes me a masochist, but it's something that I kind of, maybe it's my mantra in life that yeah. this is good, but it could be better. And I think we It's could, so weird how them little small things totally, just stick with you. Totally. It's like a, yeah. you should, I, I'm, I'm constantly trying to improve myself. And I think, um, you know, that's, uh, uh, that, that's life for me. So, so for me, yeah, working at those firms was a constant battle of trying to improve yourself. You, you're surrounded by super smart, you know, yeah. intelligent people, uh, yeah, partners, it's that associates. Competitive environment. Very competitive yeah. environment, but but really helpful. Yeah. Um, it makes you the best, you know, lawyer you can be. You have to be fast. You have to be correct. Yeah. You have to um, execute things when you're extremely tired, when you've not had a lot of sleep. Mm. Uh, but there's actually, I think that carries through to other 
parts of your life as well. There's no giving up. You can't just give up in that moment. It's um, it's not for everyone, but uh, it's it's certainly uh, it, it fits certain personalities quite well. Yeah, and and why do you think Big Law in New York is so special? Why is it the top of the top? Why do people aspire to be here so much? Tell me a city that's better than New York. I think uh, London. <laughs> <laughs> I love London. Uh, you know, I love many cities. I think. Um, yeah, there's always a competition between London and New York as being the finance capitals of the world. Yeah. And maybe we'll see Hong Kong and, and places like Shanghai to come to sort of fruition in time. But I think, um, you know, New York is sort of the home of capitalism, if you will. It's sort of the home of mega deals and, and mega structures and, and everything big and, and powerful and wonderful is, is in New York. So I think uh, for me and for, for a lot of lawyers, it's sort of seen as the centre of where most stuff's happening. I think, you yeah. know, secondaries deals was kind of invented here. That was where, where it all started. Mm. Um, so I think that the prestige that comes along with that um, is certainly a driving aspect for why people want to work here. You'll get access to the best deals. But also, I think the American way of doing things, which is very different to, um, you know, similarly Australians and, and Brits, we're very diffident in the way we, we handle things. We, we're very, um, you know, we'll say we're good at something, but, oh, that was just luck or, you know, there's other people that are better. I think in America, they'll believe you if you say that. You, mm-hmm. In America, you have to beat your chest and tell them that you're good at something. Yeah. And Australians and, and Brits, we generally are. You know, I think we're very, we're, we're fun. We, we make fun of ourselves, but we are good operators. So I think... You're, you Aussies have got a really good name for yourself in the market. We are. And I yeah. think we, you know, you'll see them walking the hallways. There's a lot of Australians that are here. Mm. They work hard. They know how to have fun. Uh, but the trading in Australia is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, for Australians listening, it's, uh, you, you have a perfect, uh, perfect platform to, to really do well here and, and just get that prestigiousness on, on your CV. And, and it opens up a lot of doors. Yeah. So say New York was taken off the cards for you. Um, what other US state is attractive to you? What what would you have made the move into if New York wasn't an option? Um, look, there's obviously other things that come down. You know, bars uh, being able to apply to a state bar can can um, limit where Australians can go. So, um, you know, there's time constraints. Uh, the, the easiest bars essentially for Australians to get into are, are uh, California and New York. Um, you know, there's other options like Boston and Chicago and, and places in Texas, but their bar requirements are a little bit different. I think, um, you know, for me, I've always been driven by, um, you know, I, I love LA and I love California and I love the, the West Coast. For me, it's very much like Sydney. It's very much like home. So I actually feel quite at home in, 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 um, on, on the West Coast. Um, you know, the, in my role now, you know, we've got our, our LA office. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, commuting back and forward um, is, is, you know, I enjoy that because it just gives me that little bit of reprieve that I feel a little bit uh, more at home. Um, but I think if I if, if I wasn't working in New York, where would I be in in the US? I um, you know, I struggle to think of where where actually yeah. that would be. I, I could just picture you on the beach in California. Yeah, may, maybe for weekends. Maybe yeah. <laughs> the ideal world. I'll, I'll get a <laughs> get a Concorde out to LA for the weekend yeah. and do my work weeks then in New York. Fly back ready. Yeah, for the ready. Of New I, York I love again. the hustle. I just love yeah. the hustle. There is energy unlike New York. It's uh, I I can't get over it. It's I'm just yeah. New York's my place. So I guess turning away from the positives a little bit, um, what did you find difficult about kind of the demands of that type of role? What was your challenge? Yeah, I think, you know, New York is serious. You have to uh, really consider it. It's not for everyone. It's not for the faint-hearted. I think 
you know, I moved out during COVID, which which made it difficult to to make friends and people weren't in the office and and, and so, so that was naturally a difficult part but I think it was a difficult part for anyone starting a job during that period you know I think you've got to be prepared to challenge yourself and, and work hard I think I actually read a really interesting article today and it was about a partner saying he was he was sick of people saying that he, you know when he was interviewing candidates candidates would say I'll work harder than the other person and his response really rang true in that everyone in New York is working hard. Don't tell a partner you're going to you know, work harder than the person next to you because that person next to you could be working really, really hard. Yeah. I think the key to New York and doing well here is working smarter. So to be able to enjoy the social aspect and the lifestyle of New York, you need to know how to work smarter than everyone else mm-hmm. because you will be expected to build long hours. Um, you will be expected to turn over documents that are precise and accurate and brilliant and fantastic. Uh, but you need to have fun as well. You yeah. need to be rested. And, and So how do you work smarter? Is that through kind of technology, being a bit savvy with it, thinking outside the box? How do you do that? Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of it comes down to training and, and, and wanting to, to better yourself along the way. You know, we, we can all work hard and just build a lot of time. Technology obviously helps. I think surrounding yourself with good mentors always helps. You need to have a good support system. Mm-hmm. Um, these firms, these behemoth firms, they, they, support systems are incredible. You know, you have access to the best technology. You have access to the best support staff. Use them. Um, you know, and maybe that's where I, I sort of let myself down because I'd come in at a time where I hadn't met a lot of the people in the support systems. Um, so I think always, always use, you know, the resources that you have around you to get ahead in any, in any industry. You know, that's not just law um, because they, they set you up to succeed here yes, and much more than Australia. Yeah. yeah. You touched on a little bit there, um, being able to have fun. Mm. Um, so do you have any kind of tips for that kind of work-life balance aspect of working in big law and being able to have fun or did you not manage to achieve it (laughs) i think i'm always a person that loves to have fun um i'll always manage to find a way i think being healthy for me is is key always so you know for me i've always been you know and this this went back to my my days working as a lawyer in australia um, you know, I'm not a person that, that drinks green juice and, and does yoga, meditates. I, I, I couldn't care less uh, about that sort of stuff. I, I like my coffee and I like 10 of them a day. Um, but I like my gym, you know, and I like to eat good food. I, I, like, I like nice things in life. By the like way, if you want a good Aussie coffee <laughs> in New York, Steph knows where to go. I will so tell There's, there's two places. I, I will take you for a coffee. I'll, I'll always do, do another <laughs> coffee. Absolutely. Um, no, I think, you know, doing what you, you do to have fun, whether that's, you know, still playing sport. Um, for me, it was gym. So at six o'clock every day, yep. I would I'd go to gym. I, I would make sure I'd, as best as possible, plan my day. So at six o'clock, I can run off get a quick sweat in and then return to the office and, and, you know, finish, finish that day's work. But for me, it was just having that little bit of um, routine where I could to just stay happy and healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that went a long way in in my, you know, mental health and all those sorts of things. Um, And then, you know, Fridays are are very much, Friday nights are a sacred night in, uh, in New York. So often, um, you know, often you, you, you won't be working on a Friday night. So it was the time to have dinner and have fun and, and go out and see your friends and um it's so important it is important you can't you know this is a city it's it's i've and i've heard people say new york is one of the most crazy populated cities but they've never felt so lonely here and that makes me so sad it's uh it's a it's a sad thing if you were lonely in a city with you know this many people yeah no i can i can so see that 
um i've come here as a tourist before and i have to say my experience this week has been so different mm. to come in here as a tourist and i've seen like the culture this week i've seen the buzz and being with you guys and um i feel like a little bit of a new yorker as such <laughs> like i've explored the city really well and that kind of living and working aspect of being here is is really great so i can i've been sold <laughs> yes <laughs> for the listeners we've um I, we're having a laugh with uh with rebecca earlier this week i've i've always said that new york's made me angry but angry in a good way and i feel um y- you sort of you have to <laughs> if you want anything to happen here you have to make it happen yeah no one's gonna you do have it to be you. bullish you have to be bullish yeah. and uh, that works very well with me i'm very happy to go in and and, and be bullish uh within within reason but uh i'm learning yeah <laughs> this week rebecca's just showed us we have a little uh, we have a little punching bag in the uh, in the office you know just a little bit of fun and uh <laughs> heard you got a good use out of it this week <laughs> i surprised myself a little bit that was a good shot <laughs> right so just spinning it spinning it back a little bit outside of my right hooks um <laughs> so what do you consider to be the most important traits of a lawyer in big law what do they need to have to succeed yeah, you need to you need to be committed. I think is is the first thing I would I would think of. You know, um, if you you shouldn't be doing anything half-assed. But certainly, when you're wanting to work at the top of your game, uh, you need to really have a commitment to excellence and, mm-hmm. and a commitment to, to doing this because it is a, a big investment of your time and, and energy. Um, you know, so so that that's sort of the first thing I I think that you'd need to have. I think uh, other than that, you know, um, drive. You you need to obviously be smart and intelligent, but you know most lawyers are. Mm-hmm. Uh, all lawyers are, uh, and um and and you need to, to to want to succeed. So, why did you go into legal recruitment? What 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 sparked in your head there? How did you make that change? Why did you make that change? And what was the process of that? Yeah, great question. And. Uh, Look, I get asked a lot, I guess, uh, in my role now. Um, I remember sitting in my office one day at Kirkland. It was, uh, it was snowing outside, very cold, it was quite dreary. And a junior associate came into, into the office. And, um, and I guess he was struggling about sort of his career choices and wasn't sure that big law was for him. He was a first-year associate. And I sat down with him for, for probably 45 minutes. He brought in a coffee and we just chatted about, you know, my career and what I'd done. Uh, and, and he was talking, you know, he hadn't had the options to do secondments and to, you know, he was early on in his, his career. He was, you know, wasn't sure what he was doing was the right thing. And after 45 minutes, I'd sort of, you know, we, we'd, we'd consulted, had a good chat and he left and I just sort of sat there going, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I really enjoy chatting to, you know, mentoring people, chatting to juniors, just having a chat. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy chatting to clients. Uh, more so than doing the actual legal work. And I think that becomes a problem. And I had noticed that over maybe the last 12 to 24 months that I really enjoyed getting to know my colleagues, getting to know my clients. I didn't really enjoy, you know, turning around a document, changing it to and, um, ors to and, you know, <laughs> the, the, yeah. which is problematic. You really found your skill set. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, very problematic as a lawyer if you if you don't want to be doing yeah. the, those those tasks that are so important. So I had some friends that were in recruitment in Australia. Um, one one um, close friend who was, uh, she was a lawyer as well in Brisbane mm-hmm. where I was and she quickly moved into tech recruiting. And uh, I remember lying on 
uh, floor in my in my living room one day and I, I phoned her up and I said tell me everything tell me everything about you know recruitment um, I think I want to do it yeah and uh, we had a another really great chat and um, you know I did my research I'd, I'd spoken to a lot of people but it was essentially at that point I went it just ticks every box that I want in a career mm-hmm. and all the negatives about it don't seem to be negatives in my eyes yeah and that's how it happened. I reached out to Kev and uh, the rest is history. So how did you find Kev then? Was that? Yeah, interesting. So uh, I love this story because uh, I was basically considering, all right, well, if Kirkland's not going to work out for me, it's not going to be where I want to be. Maybe it's time to get back to Sydney and, um, you know, I'll reach out to, to some recruiters I knew from mm-hmm. back in Australia and um, and I'll go and be a recruiter in Sydney. You know, it wasn't the ideal option. Yeah. But, uh, you know... If New York wasn't going to work, that's that's fine. You know, I'll make it work. I reached out to Kev on LinkedIn, and I noticed Kevin, by the way, is Thunder's managing director. Yes, yes Kev. <laughs> most people probably know him by now. <laughs> reached out to to Kevin, and uh, and weirdly enough, he had just flown into New York the night before, mm-hmm. and he said, "What are you doing? Where are you?" I said, "Look, working from home. I'm in Chelsea. Uh, let's have a coffee." He said, "Get out." He said, "I'm staying in Chelsea." and we're staying a street away from each other. He said, let's have a coffee tomorrow. Had a coffee with him and um, we just chatted and chatted and everything just worked out. Clicked. Like, and you know, like I knew of, you know, I'd, I'd had a relationship with Sonda back in Australia when mm-hmm. I was looking for, for roles. So, you know, there was some connection there, uh, but it just worked. And, and a serendipitous moment, uh, you know, yeah. it, it was just meant to be. The and, timing um, of that. It was sensational. Yeah. Literally had flown in the night before. Yeah. And it was that point where Kev had flown in to open an office in New York. So how amazing. Incredible. So it was, uh, you know, about a month or two after that, uh, you know, I renewed my visa, went up to Canada, had a... You got everything you wanted. It it all worked out. Always does. So I guess for those that are maybe feeling like you were in your role, a little bit unhappy, kind of established that their skills weren't, um, kind of complementing their career anymore um, what advice would you give them now always take a step back I think there's ov- we always go through moments in life where we're unhappy with work or you know we're just struggling a little bit with things happening in our personal life or whatever so I think the first step is always understanding what your pain points are is it my job that I'm unhappy with is it my life that I'm unhappy with w- what is it um, I think once you've worked through that and you've realised that it's, you know, is it just your team that you're unhappy with or your firm and you want to move to a different firm or is it that I want a whole new career direction and I'm just not happy, you know, doing what I'm doing? To me, that's the sort of first step. Yeah. Um, once you once you work out what it is, get a plan in place. Talk to people. I'm, I'm a big talker. I, I think it doesn't have to be that you talk to a recruiter, but talk to someone who knows something about you know, someone who's made that move before, someone who's knowledgeable in that area and talk to them and talk yeah. to as many people as I you can. I always find when you put something out there, it tends to get the ball rolling Absolutely. just by talking. A hundred percent. And another great tip I had from, from a, a mentor I had in Brisbane, um, I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning her name, Nicole Reithmuller. Um, she always used to say, do a pros and cons list. Yeah. Um, I find getting it out of your I've head. I've actually done that on ex-boyfriends it, in the past. There you go. Worked a tree. There you go. <laughs> Pros and cons. It <laughs> works for everything because you know what it does. It gets it out of your head. Yeah. And puts it onto paper. And yeah. you know we can. You know the same thing will go circulate your head. Mm. But if you see it on a paper and go, that's the pro. That's the con. Yeah. It's out of your head and it's then on paper. So so 
important. Yeah, so yeah. important. Um, so we're in a bit of a tight market at the moment in the city. Just talk us through what's going on. Um, where are the opportunities? Where are the challenges? Yeah, very uh, very interesting market to when I started. And you know, again, I like a challenge. Um, it's it's certainly different, um, but you know, there's positive things and everything, and there's silver linings to everything. So I think what we're seeing isn't necessarily a you know what everyone's calling a, a global financial crisis type crash. We're just seeing off the back of two, three years of incredible, incredible transactional work mm-hmm. that it's a return to normal. Yeah. So if we look at the figures of what hiring was happening pre-pandemic yeah. to now, we're back to the same it's numbers. The same. It's the same numbers yeah. and, and actually gone up a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's just that we've had such a good time that coming back to normal seems really terrible. Yeah. Of course, there's, you know, the banking crisis going on. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call it crisis, but there's been changes, you know, with, with banks falling over in the US. It's had a follow-on into the UK. You've got recessions in the UK. Um, you know, you've got tech. Uh, there's less tech spend in the market. There's mm-hmm. lots of happening there. So, so there's lots of things happening and, yeah. and you know, capitulating, I guess, people's um, concerns in the market. Yeah. But what we're seeing is, you know, it's unfortunate for many people who have been laid off and, and goes without saying, obviously, you know, it, it's, that's a terrible time for them. Yeah. But there is still hiring happening in the market. There's strategic hiring. Firms are still looking at really strong talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're making placements still. Um, I, I've still had sign-ons, uh, you know, not the same sign-on bonuses that we, we saw pandemic times. Uh, but they're there for the right candidates. Yeah, and, and it's strategic about is the key word. There, always isn't strategic. It? Yeah. So, year ahead, what can we expect from so. kind of Q3, Q4? What do you reckon is going to happen? Look, I think f- since probably quarter three last year, there's certainly been a, you know, been a change of we're, we're moving into um, a downturn in the market, and that's always been coming. And I think we've sort of reached a moment where. Maybe more will come, but but people are you know firms are very conservative in in their approach to to finances and and, and, st- and budgeting and structuring. So I think they've sort of realised over the last two quarters where we're heading, and they've got to a point where I think they've signed off on sort of um, you know worst case best case scenarios for for the year if it keeps going the way it does. Yep. Um, and I think they're ready to sort of know where we're going you know mm-hmm. i think it's going to in, you know it, it is going to improve it maybe we'll have another quarter of of um, or two of, of of slow progression but i think we are building back to a level of of confidence yeah. um and maybe that's just normality you know i'm not saying we're going to return to pre-pandemic times by any means but um, partners are all suggesting that you know th- there's lots of dry powder out there a lot of people have been hesitant to spend that because they want to get a good deal um, you know, you're not going to spend money on a deal now if the if you know the prices are going to go down. There's been lots of issues with financing. They're not sure what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. So once that surety's there, or at least to know that okay, we're, we're close to the bottom now. Now's the time to act. I think that's when activity picks up. We're mm. still seeing billion-dollar tech deals take place, uh, and I think more of that. There's was loads of positives happening in the space. There I really think it, are. It get, gets a little bit buried. There is. It? Yeah, yeah, I think, and, and that's fine because it is people's jobs and livelihoods. Yeah. I think you know that's that's understandable, uh, but there's deals happening there's hiring happening um you know it 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 changes you know funds and why i like funds and i'm a massive advocate of funds is because whether you're in a good market uh whether you're in a downturn funds is always always there yeah so i guess as the market evolves um the key is to adapt always um love that 
you've become a bit of a LinkedIn influencer oh. over the last year. Your content online is great. Um, it's so beneficial to legal professionals. Um, if you haven't checked it out, go over to Steph's LinkedIn and give him a follow. Um, you love him being an influencer. And why have you decided to dedicate so much time to the platform? I guess? <laughs> That's too kind. I think uh, some of my friends back home would laugh at that suggestion. Um, but I look, <laughs> look, I, you know what? I, I remember, and this is actually another great story. I remember when I had just come back from South Carolina and I was trying to get, you know, my graduate job and I was really trying to make headway into, into the legal world. I put a lot of effort into making my LinkedIn um, up to, I was adding everyone that I wanted to, you know, that I looked up to, I saw as mentors and I was adding people and having coffees with them. And the amount of coffees I had and, and, and from, you know, with partners and senior associates who were happy to meet with me was incredible just from using that platform. And I remember having, um, having some beers with the boys one afternoon after work on a Friday and they sat around taking the piss out of me saying how <laughs> silly it was that I was, you know, using LinkedIn. Yeah when I was you know a graduate lawyer and I look back at that now and just go it's it's horrible because they're my friends but I uh, you know that was 20 2015 look at it now it's really paid dividends for me using that as a networking tool because Mm -hmm. it's now part of the reason I make money yeah um you know people reach out to me I, I love what it can do yeah Kev said on our last podcast stand out from the crowd that was his simple advice and that's what you did back then um, because back then it wasn't as big a thing as no, it is now. It, no one used LinkedIn. So, it was like for yeah. old people or something. You know, it was like <laughs> it was like it w- wasn't used. Yeah, uh, I think people think it's such a stiff professional platform, whereas really look at it like in Instagram and Facebook. You know, that's right. It's yeah. uh, and as you said before, it's it's about adapting and evolving. And I think uh, you know LinkedIn isn't going anywhere. Some people might hate the fact that it has become much more social. I understand that. There's there's always going to be differences in views. But it's certainly, uh, you know, the way I can use that to, to reach out to a large audience and talk about what's happening in the market to update yeah. people, uh, I find it really valuable. And just meet people, hey? Like and meet people. The, it's still um, a little bit of a weird environment sometimes after COVID with everyone working from home. Like, um, it's a bit of an exception in New York. The bars are really bu- busy. But I know in London, it's still kind of a little bit strange the bar scene and stuff people aren't generally meeting as much so being able to send someone a message on linkedin is just so invaluable now and just having a friendly chat like it's amazing it's yeah. it, it, exactly it's a professional way to to show i guess who you are um t- just to talk with your market i mean it's uh, it's a great yeah. social tool well and keep I think, it up steph thank you i absolutely love your content and we so. should this is my plug for rebecca how uh, how much <laughs> she's taught me with uh, with how to use it so oh, um, thank great. you <laughs> Last question. Do you have any personal go- goals for 2023 that you can share with me? Oh, Weirdly enough, I'm a very private person in a lot of ways and I, I kind of like to be the, uh, the, the observer in the corner and I don't often share personal goals. And, and so have you looked but back I can. at Steph this time next yeah, year? Yeah, I think because um, it's you, maybe I will. I think <laughs> I'm just trying to – I'm looking up at the ceiling as I'm, as I'm talking <laughs> – He's trying to avoid the question. I know. I'm like, I'm circling around going, no, I think, look, I mean, I'm incredibly proud of where I've come over the last 12 months. I I exceeded my own expectations um, in in how well I would do um, and and how much I would enjoy, you know, this profession. Um, I think next year I really just want to take that to the next level. I've, you know, I want to be the go-to person. 
mm-hmm. I, I think the best compliment you can have in this game is when you know you're talking to to lawyers and 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 you know you're, you're the most recommended uh you know recruiter out there so i think it's yeah. just doing more and more uh and um and just being being an expert in the field and and you know getting to know more people yeah getting to chat with more people and uh and well steph i have absolutely no doubt in my mind that you'll make it there thank you Rebecca. keep it up and i think that is the perfect place to end absolutely this is lovely to chat thank you so much <laughs> enjoy your flight home Thanks for tuning into this episode. Be sure to follow Sonda's LinkedIn, Spotify and Instagram for the latest business and market updates. Have a great day.